Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com IMTB and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTB. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to a new episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Yep, I'm here, everybody. So to uh, wrap up our our sickness conversation, <laughs> if you will, literally the day after you left, yeah, you got sick. I felt like shit for like two days. Is it just me then? I must be. Like <laughs> you left uh-huh. and everything was fine, and the next day I was okay up until like the afternoon time. Mm-hmm. And then my head really started hurting. And I was uh, like, what the fuck? Then my stomach started turning. And I was like, well, like, I'm trying to think, did I eat something wrong? Like, because I was thinking it was food poisoning. Yeah. And that shit it hit me so hard. Like, yeah. it was like I was sleeping. Like, I, it was one of those things where it's like, well, if I keep sleeping, then my head's going to keep hurting. But my head keeps hurting. So I want to go to sleep. And then, like, my stomach was just like, uh... And I was like, I kept trying to drink water, and it just, it wasn't good. And then the day after, I was getting a little bit better, but it was still like, I have to be bedridden. Like, there's no way, you know, like, it just, it sucked. It sucked, it sucked, it sucked. And then, like, the day after, I'm like, oh, I'm okay now. (laughs) It was was so weird because it came on, just like we were talking about how, Sometimes, like, getting sick, it comes on, like, bam, and then goes away. Yeah. But it it was weird timing because I just got over being sick. Yeah. Or it started to get over being sick. And then I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait. We got one more. Bam. Well, it's that's sick. like I said, like, my my sinuses were all, like, hurting me. And then, like, the next day after we recorded, bam, they were gone. It was all, it, like, I felt so much better. No more hurt, in, like, in my sinuses. I think like what what was that? That was what what whenever we the day after we recorded, and it's like I got up all like happy and I could do things finally. You know, like when you're so sick that you can't do anything, and then like you finally feel better and you're like, huh? Why haven't I been up and about like lately? Yeah. Well, this is weird. I feel I feel completely fine. How come I wasn't doing anything? It's like, oh yeah, I was like so sick. Yeah. Um. I essentially didn't drive for. Almost five days. Mm. It felt weird once I went out again because it was like, wait, how long? Like, it feels like I haven't been out anywhere in like a month. When really it's only been a couple days. Exactly. But like, it it hit me so hard the last like two days that I was like, okay, you know, whatever. I don't know. It just, (laughs) it's so funny too because I was talking to my mom because she asked me like, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm like, it's not that bad. Like, huh. I just got sick for a little bit, but yeah. it's not like I'm, you know, aching everywhere and like, oh, I can't, you know, stand up or anything. You know, it's nothing yeah, crazy yeah. like that. Or you're not throwing up blood or something. Yeah, it's not like my head's pounding and my yeah. stomach hurts. That'd we, be crazy. We live in America. We can't go. To, we can't afford the doctor. Exactly. But anyways, um, when you're sick or whatever, you're just relaxing, you know, we tend to watch... A lot of movies, TV yeah. shows, 
you know, catch up on a lot of things. And I text you one morning after watching a specific movie because I didn't know how to feel. Okay, so was it last year? I think we saw a trailer for a movie called Simple Favor, right? As Anna Kendrick in it and uh, Blake Lively. Blake Lively. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, whatever. And the way that the beginning starts, it's like, oh, it's going to be kind of like a funny, like, comedy thing. Then it, boom, switches. And it's like, oh, wait, it's an intense thriller. And that's what I thought it was. But as I'm watching it, it's like, this is kind of funny. Like, oh, it's like a comedy? A dark comedy. But then it, then it hits, like, the suspense stuff. And it's like, well, you know, it's a suspense. But wait, now they're going back to the comedy. Wait, so this is... Well, it's a it's a murder mystery. It just it like does it not know what it wants to be? Yeah, but like the crazy thing is, it's like I think I liked it <laughs> because it was it just it's so fucking weird. Like I want to give it away, but it's kind of like the guy who who did it was like, what if I filmed it like these other films, these other comedy films I did but also made it like a super thrilling thriller hmm. and then just put them together. It's so weird. Like I, gotta watch I don't, it. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie, uh-huh. but maybe me watching it at four o'clock in the morning helped it be a little bit better than it was. Maybe. But I was like, there was parts where I was like laughing and then other things happen. I'm like, this movie's fucking crazy. <laughs> I think I love it. But I will say, Anna Kendrick, she's really good at playing 16 or 35. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you're right. Because I will say that in there, she is a mom. Mm. And she does give off total mom like, oh, yeah, that's your that's your kid. Your mom, whatever. But then they also do like uh, a flashback and she's supposed to be like 16 or something. It's mm. like. Oh, yeah, you're definitely 16. And you're like, wait, fucking how old are you? <laughs> it's so weird. Like, she has such a weird look to her. You know who I th- I think of that, too? Like, Aubrey Plaza. Because when she was in the new Child's Play and she plays, like, a mom, I was like, what? Aubrey Plaza can't play a mom? She's not old enough. And then you find out she's, like, in her mid-30s, right? And it's like, wait. You know what? It is conceivable that she could be a mom. Yeah, she's a pretty hot mom. But then she could still play super yeah, young. Yeah, but she could play. She can play like younger though. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, like, g- good for people, them though. There's people who obviously are older trying to hey, play younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like whatever. <laughs> um, or some people who are younger who <laughs> like are a, playing a little bit older, like Robert De Niro or <laughs> Joe Pesci. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a 13 year old boy. <laughs> You know what would be funnier in The Irishman? What? Is if they did what they did for the George Lopez show, and they just put their head on my kid's body. Yes, yeah. I wish they would have just done that. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird movie. But in like a good, a good way. Like the cast is all there. Cool. But it's just like, huh. And, in, in any, and you know, I will say that the ending is almost like, what? The, wait, what? <laughs> like... I don't know. It just, I felt like he, it felt like he had like two or three different scripts mm. and he could, like, he didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. And he's like, what if, what if I put just... them all together? 
And he's like, ta-da. And then someone's like, this doesn't make any sense. I want more people to see it. Okay. Because it's so... Well, don't, yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. don't say anymore. I, I'll, I'm definitely going to watch it now. Uh, whatever. Maybe one day we'll review it if more people know that it exists. Yeah. But till then, Dome, it's not that bad. <laughs> this is the fucking news. Bob Iger stepped down as the CEO of Disney, and he's been replaced with a different Bob. Um, his name is Bob Chapek. And already people are speculating, like, oh, does this mean that it has something to do with Disney Plus and Star Wars and Marvel? Does that mean, oh, everything's going to, what is Kevin Feige going to do now? Like, oh my God, what what's going on, huh? Like, does that mean, like, something bad is happening with Disney Plus? And it's like, we're talking about Disney, so I'm pretty sure nothing bad is happening. <laughs> well... <coughs> I could be wrong, but wasn't this kind of a plan already? I think so, yeah. Because when we were talking about in long term of things, Disney had a hope that somehow Feige would be more involved involved, and maybe even be higher up. I think so. Um, I think people are probably going to make, you're going to see in a couple couple days probably, they're going to make more amount, amount out of Molehill. I think it's really that Bob Iger probably, he saw what he did, right? And he's like, that's a pretty good legacy. And he's not, he's not, yes, he's stepping down as CEO, but he's going to focus on the company's creative stuff. Like, um, he, it says that he's going to be, I forgot what it's called, but he's like going to be like the creative director or something. I don't know. He's still part of like the, the company, but he just decided I don't want to be the CEO anymore, but I don't think this is anything to worry about. It's Disney. If it was like, if Disney Plus wasn't doing well, if the Marvel movies weren't doing well, if like Star Wars was, wasn't doing well, you know what I mean? Like if these things weren't doing well, if like the park numbers were down or like they're, they're like Frozen was what the Frozen 2 was the highest grossing animated film ever. Right. And it's like, if these things weren't, and if they didn't make like, literally billions of dollars with Endgame, I'm pretty sure that isn't anything to, like, worry about. I'm pretty sure he's just probably like, yeah, I think I think I've, I've had a good run. He's been doing it for 15 years, so he's probably like, I'm, I'm, um, this is a pretty good legacy to leave. I'm, I'm done. Like, let, let someone else take over. I mean, there could be a reason, you know? Yeah. Who knows? He... There could be a possible me too in yeah, there. Who knows? Maybe. But I want to. I honestly want to say that we talked about this being a possibility like not that long ago. I don't know. We we always. It's funny that we always talk. Like I always find stories and I, we bring them up, and then like a couple months later, or like, or maybe weeks later, or like just half a year later, people start bringing it up, and they're like, "Yeah, did you hear about this Queeby thing?" It's like. Oh, that thing that we talked about like a year ago? You guys talked about that a year ago? Oh, it's like, God damn it. I know. She'll be leading the boards. God. I want to say we did, but... Or maybe it was like... this. All this stuff was possibility. Because I think mm. there was already like changes happening. I think it might have been when they moved him up from just head of, of Marvel or whatever to head or something now kevin feige yeah i think when they moved him 
from one position to another, that's when we probably talked about. Yeah, yeah, I you know remember, what? I remember them yeah. saying that they want him to have a bigger role with Disney. Yeah, because that also had to do with uh, they wanted him to do Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, and I and I'm almost positive that we knew something about um, Bob Iger either wanting to step down or he was gonna be stepping or, or down. Or he was or, making room for Kevin Feige or something. Yeah, it was, it was something weird like that. I mean, see, we, we talk about stuff all the time on here. You guys just got to subscribe, you know, and you listen every week because we're going to talk about this stuff and it's going to come up later. Yeah, and then you want to be, like, be ahead of the curve and be like, oh, I actually know all about this. Yeah. And then everyone's going to be like, well, they already talked about it on It's Not That Bad. So why do we even need to watch this other person's YouTube uh, cha- uh, YouTube video <laughs> explaining why this is such a bad thing for Disney and um, it's probably Kathleen Kennedy's fault. Um, Amy Pascal should just come in and take over. Yeah, yeah you could be ahead of the curb. So, I mean, it's up to you guys. Yeah. All right. So the trial for Harvey Weinstein, you know, kind of wrapped itself up and the jury was in... Um, a deliberation for, I don't know. It was like what three or four days. I think it took them because I th- I think I know why it took so long for them to come up with a a conviction. But he's been officially convicted. We can no, we no longer have to say allegedly when we talk about Harvey Weinstein because he's been convicted of rape. He was found guilty of criminal sex act in the first degree and rape in the third degree. The jury, which is made of which was made of seven men and five women, I'm pretty sure that's probably why it took so long. I, I bet you. So they they found him guilty of um, the fir- first degree for force forcing oral sex on former Project Runway production assistant. The this um, count carries. Um, a minimum prison sentence of five years and a maximum of 25. So hopefully we can get the maximum of 25. So then he can just die in prison. Um, they also convicted him of a third degree, um, um, rape in the third degree, which relates to him raping a woman, um, which she's just been not identified. This count, um, has a maximum sentence of four years with no minimum. So it's going to be four years, no matter what, Though it requires him to register as a sex offender, which it's like cha-ching. Um, but it, what what I think is kind of weird is like they acquitted him of um, three charges, um, two the two of the most serious counts of predatorial no sorry predatory sexual assault, which carried a possible life sentence, and um, an alternative count of rape in the first degree. Um, but then did you see that um, like right after this, like I think it was like. The day after, like he was, he was taken to the hospital because he, oh, he had like heart problems. I don't remember. It was like some dumb thing where he's like, oh, like oh, I have like oh, I'm dying. I gotta be taken to the hospital because you, you like he, now all of a sudden he has like that walker and he can't like really walk right. And <laughs> it's, it's like, like, hey, but good thing because our prison systems do really well. We're trying to keep our our prisoners, you know, in tip top shape. So you're good. I'm I'm saying this great. Good. He deserves it because this is disgusting. We've been dealing with this meat. Well, I mean, he was kind of the like kind of the start of the whole Me Too because they were like, 
yeah, Harvey Weinstein's a horrible person. Look what he's been doing for all this time and getting away with it. And finally, we're seeing that kind of like justification for like, see, this is why you you speak out and you say like these things that these horrible people who just because they have money, they get away with it for so long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it sucks that it feels like it's not enough. No, definitely not enough. He should get a he should have got a life sentence. Yeah, especially because there's so many stories. That, you know, there only is what the two convictions. But I will say, I think it would be nice to know Kevin Spacey would, would be next. Yes, you know, if he stops killing all of his victims, or like a Roman Polanski. Yeah. Or maybe like a Woody Allen. If they, f- oh man, if they all just went away, which did? Because did you see like just a little while ago for the the French Oscars that like they all resigned the the people who, the president or like the people who are in charge of it because Roman Polanski's film, his newer film, was like sweeping through the their their version of the Oscars. So that as a way to protest, they all just resigned. It is a victory, even though it feels like a small victory. Yeah. But there is hope that, you know, he can go away for, what would it be, like, almost 30 years, I guess? You said four plus So five? the maximum would be 25 for the first count, and then the, the other one's maximum was, was, yeah, so about 30 years. Yeah, which, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, because he's what, like, he's got to be, like, 60-something, right? I don't know. He looks I don't old. know. <laughs> yeah, he looks pretty old. But, yeah, I don't know. It just, uh. It's good. It just feels like it's not enough. No, definitely. But not you know, this is like you said. This is a small, as small of a change as it may feel. It's changing. Yeah. So hopefully that this stuff will carry more weight and it'll keep going and et cetera. And you know, people could start to live with the idea that they don't have to take some of the shit anymore. Yeah. And that maybe this can reverberate through everything and. And, you know, more people started to speak up and, and what have you. And, I mean, it's all it's all muddy waters because really, like, even though this is happening, there's still people getting away with this stuff. Yeah. There's still people who literally, people are going to turn their blind eye to. Literally, the person who is currently the president is getting away with this. Yeah. So, it sucks, but it's good that it's happening yeah. nonetheless. Exactly. Um, so fuck him. Yeah. So just recently, um, Taika Waititi was talking about how what, the What We Do in the Shadows spinoff movie isn't dead yet. So the movie, it's I think it's called, oh yeah, I heard it. Werewolves, Restarby. He He's the one who was saying that, um, that him and Taika Waititi were talking about it and that we always want to work together if we can. My, my werewolf pack is still in New Zealand, so it would make no sense for him to be in America. Um, they did have some werewolves in the American version, and I kind of think they're just holding um, my character and my bunch of werewolves back in case they do do the werewolves movie, which they've said they want to do. So I'm kind of hoping we're waiting for that. Um, but Taika's so, so busy, he's going to to make a decision to step back from whatever in order to make that happen. Um, he though YTD confirmed he planned to write and direct the werewolves movie with, um, Jermaine Clement, obviously like they, they made the, what to do in the shadows and then the, the shows. So I think, I think that's good. Um, obviously this would be hilarious. We, we, I mean, 
Uh, we reviewed what we do in the shadows, and we've seen the the TV show, and I think this would be hilarious. And I would, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know Taika Waititi is like super busy. I mean, obviously that's why he's probably not going to do Akira. But I mean, I feel like this is one though where he would probably go back and make. No, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure we talked about this, but he said from the from the get go. It took years for them to make the first one because them as a duel, they just take it to like lightly. Yeah. And so when the first one came out, they knew what they wanted to do the second one, but he's like, ah, who knows? Then the TV show thing came. You know what? That's true. And he said that this wasn't this wasn't gonna overstep the the sequel. Mm -mm. This was gonna be a different thing. So he already said that just because a TV show is getting made. The werewolf sequel was still going to happen. He just doesn't know when because yeah. it takes forever for them to start getting something going. <laughs> he said, like, yeah, they'll they'll email some like each other, like, oh, what if we had this? And they're like, oh, that's that's good. And then like wait forever to reply, be like, you know what? What if what if we also did this? And they're like, yeah, I like that. So but <laughs> it takes so, but like it takes so long for them to. To, to finish their ideas, yeah. to get together and compile. So I do have faith that it's going to happen. Me too. Because it is something that he said they wanted to do. So when, yeah, who knows? It could be another five years. <laughs> yeah. But I could see it happening, especially the way he's been going, where a lot of people want to pick him up for projects now. Yeah. And... Sooner or later, he's going to want to go, like like you said, with the TV show. Like, he want, you know, he can go out of his way to do something that, you know, is very him-centric. So, it's obviously, it's his style of comedy, their style of writing, you know, the way that they've, they're going to film the movies. Like, it, it it's yeah. a part of him. Yeah. So, it, I think it's more of a matter of when it's going to happen, not, oh, I don't know if it's for sure going to happen. So... I mean, I'm I'm I've been stoked on it since literally the first movie came yes. out, and he said, "Yeah, we'll do a second one sooner or later," like five years ago. But hey, you know, sometimes you gotta wait. Did you see their announcement about the High Republic for Star Wars? Um, so this secret project that um, Disney's been trying to keep under wraps for the last year or so about star wars called project luminous um they revealed it finally yesterday so what they're doing is it's called star wars the high republic so this is the golden age of the republic of the the jedi so it's set 200 years before the phantom menace so it's it's i know so it's it's not so much way before that it's part of the old republic but it's not enough to interfere with, um, like the newer or like the the prequels or anything like that. But like it looks, it actually looks pretty cool. Like they have a a Wookiee uh, Jedi, yeah. and like that looks pretty badass. Um, I think so. And then like they have these these people called the Nil, which are like space pirates that the because the the Sith are gone or they've been a, they've been extinct. Because remember, yeah, well quote-unquote extinct for this whole time because if you're a big star wars nerd like we are like you know that phantom menace is when the sith revealed themselves to be back 
And that's why the Jedi were becoming complacent. And that's why you lead to this kind of, oh, we're just kind of, oh, are you sure it is the Sith? I don't think it's the Sith. And then it turns out it's the Sith. <laughs> it's always the Sith. Um, all we know so far is that this has to do with, like, they're going to do, like, books and comics. But they haven't said yet if it's going to be any films or anything. But I think they're going to they're gonna do films, I bet. Like, why roll this out if you're not going to do, like, more than just books or comics? But... I mean, this opens the door for a lot. I mean, for a lot of like st Star Wars like stories, like like I think we've said that before. Like, there's so much of history of like Star Wars that outside of just the Skywalker saga that you can tell, and I like I lo I love that. But I just I think these Star Wars fanboys are like gonna be. Well, what does that have to do with oh, Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker? Yeah. How could because you because the cool thing about Star Wars pre-Disney that Disney technically admitted that they would pull from. They just have reservations on mm. pulling from. Is that, like, honestly, they could go back, like, 15,000 years, still be somewhat re resembling the Star Wars you know, but be so far removed that it would be like you're watching a whole new thing. Yeah. But it would still feel like Star Wars, so you're like, cool. But then it would be kind of different and interesting. and You know what I mean? And if they are doing this thing where they do borrow from the legends and what have you, they could come up with some crazy shit. Well, that's something that in the like description for this was um, that they, they mentioned um, a force that um, the Jedi haven't encounter or like that the jedi can't affect or something basically they were kind of hinting at maybe the yuzong vong or whatever they're called the aliens that because they they live outside of the universe so they don't live they they aren't affected by the force because they live outside of the forest or, or whatever because they're from outside of the universe that the star wars universe um that they might be hinting at at bringing those in so instead of happening years after Return of the Jedi it would happen before basically which I, I'm see like things like the thing like where they brought in um like Admiral Thrawn and they put him into what was it um Rebels like see I'm I'm completely fine with that like because he's a he's a really cool character I'm glad that they did that but I mean, who knows? Like Taika Waititi could be do something. I mean, Ryan Johnson might still. We don't know. But yeah. who knows? Even if people are, are upset that we'll never touch on the the Star the um, Skywalker saga or anything like that, it's like in the grand scale of things that doesn't mean shit. Like for the movie franchise, sure. But for for the people that quote-unquote love star wars there's a whole different universe out there that can do so much more than these original three movies and that's what i'm that's what i want like i want them to go back in time and, and tell the story of like these ancient uh people who you know who lived in this area at this time or you know how cool it would be if you went to some of these planets that you already know, but when they were, you know, a set of desert planets, they were, 
you know, green planets full of water and life. Like, that shit would be just as cool as a Darth Vader. Even pushing a new Star Wars in the future and having everything be like ancient past, they could get away with so much more because that's something that you don't touch on. You know what I mean? Imagine 300 years in the future and it's like, oh, everyone that used to know in Star Wars, they're all, they've been dead for a long time. Then you could go ahead and tell your your different story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's so much there in Star Wars that doesn't have to be in this 50-year period. Sure. Of uh, these movies. Disney, Disney released the timeline. Yeah, whatever. But within this movie timeline, sure, there's a lot that you could tell. And that's what we love about Mandalorian. But outside of that, there's a huge history that you could go explore. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where you want to try to try to hit your, your sweet spot. But who knows? In the future, you know, this could all be... I mean, to be honest, we could be telling this story right now. And then, and then a year and a half later, it's like, yeah, we said the, that exact thing. <laughs> you guys just listen to us. Or, you know, it could just be us uh, hoping for something that's never going to happen. Maybe. But. We'll just have to wait and see. real hard be a 12 year old pie fight Ugh. it's not a pie fight think it through what's your mother got a job for just in case in case what I don't in case know. you fail in case it don't no. work out yes man she's filling your head full of fear i pump you full of strength because we're on a team and i know you got what it takes you're a star and i know it that's why i'm here i'm your cheerleader honey boy to talk about my dad. Good take, good take. You did it, you did it. Good job, everybody. My dad's not the reason I drink. He's the reason I work. I'm getting Come. Come here, come here. Try to light your lungs! I have good instincts. Yeah, I got rodeo instincts. clown instincts, so well, I could never make it in Hollywood. You could if you started when I did. How do you think it feels to have my son paying me? How do you think that feels? You wouldn't be here if I didn't pay you.
Honey Boy is a 2019 American drama film directed by Amal Haral in her narrative feature directorial debut, with a screenplay by Shia LaBeouf based on his childhood and his relationship with his father. In 2005, Otis Lort, played by Lucas Hedges, is a movie star who has an extreme alcohol problem. He crashes his car and gets into a violent drunken altercation with police. He is forced to go to a rehab facility where his counselor tells him that if he leaves the facility before they say he is ready, the court will send him to prison for his violent offenses. She says that based on what she's found, Otis has PTSD, which she denies repeatedly, but she encourages him to look into his past through exposure therapy. Going back a decade earlier to 1995, Otis, played by Noah Jupe, remembers working as a child actor who is accompanied on set by his father James, played by Shia LaBeouf, a former rodeo clown. James is four years sober, but clearly on edge and unpredictable, manic and aggressive. The two live in a terrible motel complex where a shy young woman, played by FKA Twigs, lives across from them. Otis wants to go to a baseball game with Tom, played by Clifton Collins Jr. from the Big Brother program, despite James's dislike and jealousy. When he is offered a part in a movie that will be shot in Canada, Otis calls his mother, who isn't sure if James can accompany him because he's a registered sex offender. This causes James to begin screaming at her via Otis, who has to relay both of his parents' conversations back to each other. Back to present, after resisting yet again, Otis's counselor, Alec, played by Martin Starr, advises him to go in the woods and scream as loud as he can. Then the film shows James attending an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, where he tells of his abusive stepmother, how he got into drugs and alcohol abuse, and while blacked out attempted to rape a woman, which got him registered as a sex offender. James forces Otis to rehearse the scenes over and over again. Otis asks him to stop and tells him that no one else would hire him because he's a sex offender, and that Otis is his boss since James is making money off of him. In 2005, Otis thanks Alec for the advice and continues to work with Dr. Moreno on controlling his anger. In 1995, Otis finally confronts his father and tells him he needs to start being a better dad to him. James hits him in the face twice, furious at Otis for speaking to him that way, and then leaves on his motorcycle and scores drugs at a strip club. Alone, Otis spends time with the shy girl, and the two are caught waking up together the next morning by James. The shy girl slaps James and leaves, and James vomits and asks Otis how he thinks it feels to hear his own son talk to him like that. Otis tells James that if he didn't pay him, James wouldn't be there. In 2005, Otis revisits the motel and imagines himself finding his father there in his rodeo clown costume. He tells his father he's going to make a movie about him. James asks him to make him look good. The two ride away on James's motorcycle, which fades into Otis alone driving away. Honey Boy. A movie about a funny boy mm-hmm. that he, has no... Money Boy? Money Boy. So what'd you think about <laughs> Um, Well, I, I literally just watched it before coming over here. Um, Having just seen it, I'll, I'll I'll say this, seeing this movie makes me like appreciate like having like a normal like dad who's not like pressure like pressure me to 
smoke weed and, you know, like smoke cigarettes and, you know, um, get rid of my big brother, Tom. Um, honestly though, like I'll say the only thing I like negative I could say about this, and this is coming from someone who likes really slow, long drawn out movies um, is there, it did get to a point where like, I was like, this is a, dragging a little bit. Like, I think towards the part where I think he's like doing the drugs, like the dad, like Shia LaBeouf. And he's like in the like strip club. And like, it's just kind of, I do like the edit, like the way it, like it's cutting back and forth. And I love the, like the dreams that he has where like, where he's like under the, under the bed or something. He sees a chicken and like the, was it socks or something? And then the chicken starts talking to him. And I, honestly, for a first time direct, like as a directorial de- like debut for like a dramatic narrative, like the the director um, Alma Haral, um, she she does a really good, she does a pretty good job. Like it, uh, Lucas Hedges. He's, I mean, he's a really good actor. Anyways, he so he does a pretty good job. I. He he does feel a little more like um, the older brother in mid nineties in this movie, um, but I will say that he does hit, hit a Shia LaBeouf yeah really well. He, you're you're right because when I when I'm sitting there watching it and like he's like the way he's like his the way he's talking I'm like oh yeah that sounds like Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I was like you know what that's a that's good on him like he I like that. Shia LaBeouf didn't like tell him like, oh, you gotta play this, you gotta play that, or anyone didn't come in and try and he's like, no, I know who this is based on. Shia LaBeouf himself does a pretty good job too as his dad. Like, just imagine like you're playing your dad and you're like trying to express just what he put you through, and then also like trying not to make him a caricature of himself. I think he does a a pretty good job because at first I was like, uh, this might be a little over exaggerating, but then. You you get to know him a little bit more, and you're like, oh wait, he was a rodeo clown. Yeah, I think that actually makes sense to the character. Well, you gotta realize that it's Shia LaBeouf <laughs> playing his dad. <laughs> they always had you know a kind of problematic relationship, but playing his dad and and Shia LaBeouf's most important time of his life, mm-hmm. and it's like it's layers on layers on layers. And then you just have to think about, like, damn, he must be going through a lot. Yeah. Just, yeah, just imagine sitting there writing the script, right? And then you 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 write the script, and then you're like, well, now I got to gotta play this. It's like, that must be therapy onto itself, right? Well, that's what it's interesting is that the movie led because of mm-hmm. the therapy that you yeah. see in the movie. All that stuff that he's, like, writing and whatever – led uh, to yeah. him doing the script, which is crazy. And either when he was writing or when they were filming or something, that was like the first time, or maybe it was when it was done, but that was like the first time he talked to his dad in like seven, eight years. Damn. That's crazy. Um, honestly, I'll say this. The whole cast does a really good job. It's it's shot really well. It's, it's, a little, it's a little bit slow at certain parts, but, I mean, it is really good. Like, it's one thing to have a movie made about your life, whatever, Mm -hmm. but to have a hand in you writing the script and then playing the most problematic person in the script, a.k.a. your dad, in the most important time of your life, a.k.a. you, like, gaining fame Mm -hmm. and stuff, 
it's, it's like I said, it's just layers on layers. And it is crazy because I grew up with Shia LaBeouf, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I remember the even Steven stuff and it's so, it was so weird watching that. Cause it's like, man, little did I know yeah. <laughs> that any of this like fucked up shit was happening because yeah, I mean like, that's it's real that he like his dad who he said he was, it's it, they really did live in this like shitty motel like well, outside of a mall. And that's what my my mom brought up the point. She's like, why do they live in such a terrible place? Like, doesn't he make money from this? It's like, yeah, but like I bet it's because like that's all the dad can afford, and obviously he's not gonna just take all the kids' money. And just, like, splurge it on a house like that. But, I mean, this is just how, like, <laughs> this is how he, he he just chose to live. It's, it's I don't know, it's it's really fucking crazy. And, yeah, like like I said, after watching Peter and Butter Falcon, which... Was Shia that LaBeouf, good? I haven't seen yeah, that Yeah, Shia LaBeouf one. is really good in that. And then watch him do this, it's like, he's a really good actor. I think, Like, I'm not saying he was never bad. No, 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 no. But seeing these two performances back to back, especially something as powerful as this. Because really, this is like, it's like a therapeutic way to mm-hmm. say like, hey, dad, I forgive you somewhat. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe you slapped me around a bit, but hey. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... No, but like even hearing the interviews of him talking about his dad watching it and like one of the only things his dad was saying was about like, oh, hey, you like it was something about like the chicken. Uh, his dad was like most famous for doing a bit with the chicken. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if he, his dad was saying like, oh, you should have put more in that. And like, you like you, like, you know, not focusing on like, yeah. the, you know, abusive stuff yeah. or like the mental abusive you stuff. Mean the the more, more important part. Yeah. And oh. yeah. And even hearing Shia talk about it, you know, it is, you know, kind of like a love letter to his dad of like, I know how fucked up you are. And I'm never going to forgive, like, how fucked up you are, but you're still my dad. Which I can appreciate because, you know, my dad has had a had a hard life. And, like, most people in my shoes would probably be like, I got daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, because my dad's still a person. And sometimes life is harder on other people. Yeah. And, you know, it's just me thinking about what my dad went through and, you know, how he led to where he is and stuff it's like i i can i can sit back and be like it's okay you know i mean my dad's nowhere near as bad as yeah you know what i mean like yeah even all his like faults and stuff it's like i can sit back and be like yeah you know i get it and that's how it always been and i and i think i can appreciate someone like shia labeouf looking at this this specific point in time well it's actually two specific point in time because yeah. It's looking back at his childhood where really all this stuff picked up and 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 led him to where he is right now. But it's also the the incident um, with him going to rehab. He states that that was the turning point in his life yeah. where he, you know, he stopped being, you know, Shia LaBeouf, like the the childhood, you know, actor guy to be like, oh, no, I'm more important than that. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. It's like. Knowing that he did all this stuff, and then it was like, I'm also going to play my dad. It's yeah. like, you don't have to. He's like, no, <laughs> I got it. 
Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, he's he's not a, a he was never a bad actor. I think it's I think it's because of like that <laughs> that incident, and then a lot of the the stuff afterwards where he did a little bit of like more. He did what like that art like art gallery thing or something, right? Didn't he do something like that or? You did a lot of like weird crap. But now that you see this, you're like, a lot of that makes sense now. I think you can yeah. understand it a little bit more because you're like, oh, okay. So you mean to tell me like he was not only physically abused, but he was mentally abused for a long time because um his dad because his dad. Um. So yeah, I think we can un- understand why he's a little bit kooky. Yeah. I mean, looking at it, looking at this, I feel like I can appreciate mm. a lot more of what he it, he's done. It's I don't know. I I really appreciated this movie because it it did what a lot of movies tend not to do. It actually changed your perspective on a real life person. Yeah. And not just like, oh, so the guy from the 1800s was actually interesting. It's not anything <laughs> like that. It's like Oh well, yeah. This this guy actually went through a lot of shit, and you know the fact that he's like not that batshit crazy is kind of insane. Yeah, um, yeah. Because honestly, I think if it was me, I think I'd be more like, oh, oh my god, my dad beat me, <laughs> which he's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really, I really like this movie. It. I think it was such a good turning point for a lot of people to see Shia LaBeouf in this this different way because it's not just it's not just him acting, it's him acting as his dad in this like tumultuous time in his life and and then not only that but having him write the script taken from a specific time where he he almost threw his whole life away. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it is a lot there. And then it also, at the, like I said, at the end, it, it makes you appreciate him more uh, as, a, as a person that he went through a lot of this stuff. And, you know, he's still carrying on. And, you know, he's still able to, like I said, you watch something like Peanut Butter Falcon. And it's like, hey, you know, that guy, I'm glad he didn't almost kill everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's crazy that. Um, that this person went through all this, and he's and he still come comes out like, hey, I'm I'm a little bit kooky, but I'm not crazy. Yeah, the movie itself I I really enjoyed, but what the movie did kind of shocked me because I never mm. thought it'd be like, do you guys love Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> Especially what 15 years removed from like Even Stevens and all that shit. It's 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 just so crazy that you can see something like this, and him trying to move away from it being like a biopic, but still being a biopic. You know, it, I don't know. It's I thought it was really well done. I thought he did amazing in it. I would be super stoked to see you know what else he can write, maybe produce and direct. Yeah, because especially as a first time writer, like. Having this be like, hey guys, this is I want to make this movie. This this is the script I wrote, and they see it and they're like, that's fucked up. Yeah, I guess we'll make it. And yeah, just this. I mean, honestly, I'd like to see what yeah what he comes up with. 
as a, as a writer, like for something for something else, because I feel like if this is what you're able to write with about yourself, like what are you able, what are you going to be able to write about, like about something that's made up? I mean, who knows? You know, he's still young, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Like I said, it's not like it's not like someone did a movie about Clint Eastwood. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he's he's pretty much around our age. Yeah, and. Knowing that he still has a lot to do, it, it's so intriguing to see where he goes from here. Um, like I said, especially after last year, I really enjoyed the fact that he did Peanut Butter Falcon was really good, like heartfelt, good, good storytelling, you know, really fun. Had Jake the Snakes Roberts in there mm-hmm. and Mick Foley, so you know it's a good film. <laughs> but going, but doing that and then also seeing this movie, it's like. He's a good actor. I that I think that's what it was like. He should have gotten nominated for something because he did so well in those movies. So this movie did a lot. I really liked it. Uh, good film. Back super hard. Yeah. Watch it on Amazon Prime. I think yeah. right. It's on Amazon yeah. Prime. Peter Butterfalcon's not on there yet, but I assume it probably will be sooner or later. Um, and yeah, I mean, go watch it. All right, so let's talk about some proposed movie sequels that probably we're a little thankful never happen. So let's start off with um, E.T. 2, Nocturnal Fears. Um, So basically, this is going to be a follow-up to E.T., obviously, um, about um, a ship full of evil carnivorous aliens they kidnap Elliot and his friends, and it's up to E.T. to save them. I think I read somewhere, though, that their initial idea for it, they kind of wrote, like, a treatment for it, and what ended up happening was they were like, well, we kind of like the idea of, like, these little invaders coming and causing havoc, but we want something kind of spooky or something. Like, that. I think this kind of led to, like, gremlins, but then also, like, poltergeist i don't know i read that somewhere a long time ago like it was like that's that's kind of interesting that it, it kind of came out of this like sequel idea um forrest gump 2 gump and co because forrest gump is a book and it was adapted from that there actually was a, a sequel book called gump and co and this is it's gonna it was gonna basically tell more of the same same right or guy in the right place at the right time shenanigans um force invents new coke he crashes the exxon valdez and knocks down the berlin wall yeah right isn't that crazy? i mean honestly i could have saw him make it i get it i think if all the cards were in the right place they would have they would i think so it. too it's funny too because i think he has an orangutan or something in the in the sequel <laughs> i don't know i know that because i i've read the synopsis or the se- or the book or something and it's just it just sounds ridiculous like you know like Forrest Gump sounds ridiculous on itself on its own but this one just sounds even more ridiculous <laughs> um the breakfast club 10 years later so we would have seen a a sequel but John Hughes expressed a d- strong desire to review uh review to revisit um several of his iconic characters including this one his original idea was to catch up with the gang a decade after the original film, but he ended up losing interest after like some time. Um, although that 
I don't know. Do you think that would have been interesting? I don't think so. I think it would have just been like the big chill, but like, oh, remember when we when we was in high school and oh, remember we that one day where we all became friends, but then we never talked to each other again. Yeah, Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Ferris Bueller too. Another day off. So obviously, John Hughes was. On this whole kick of like, I want to make sequels to all my films. Playing strings on automobiles, check. <laughs> Home Alone, well, I already did that one. So, Home Alone 3, of course. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess because after the, the TV series was a failure. So, Ferris, who's now a motivational speaker, facing a midlife cri- crisis as he approaches 40 years old, he enlists. Cameron, now his business manager, to play hooky for a day and party like it's 1986, <laughs> considering it would be a, uh, difficult to make as Ferris Bueller's sequel without Matthew Roderick, who is now of uh, 50s, um, probably isn't going to happen, right? Unless, I don't know, you think they could still make it? Um, Gladiator 2, um, obviously... Obviously, Gladiator was, was was a hit, um, but it's it's funny because they the studio executives approached musician Nick Cave to write a sequel. Cave explained that it, um, <laughs> God, this is ridiculous. Cave explained that it was his good friend Russell Crowe who approached him about the project. Cave had one question: "Hey, Russell, didn't you die in Gladiator One?" And he said, "Yeah." You sort that out. Cave recalled of their original conversation, so he came up with an idea for um, for the sequel. He go down. He goes down to purgatory and is sent down by the gods who are dying in heaven because there's this one god. There's this Christ character down on earth who's gaining popularity, and so the many gods are dying. So they send Gladiator back to kill Christ. And his followers. I wanted to call it Christ Killer. And in the end, you find out the main guy was his son. So he was... <laughs> so he has to kill his son. So who's Jesus Christ. And he was tricked by the gods. He becomes this eternal warrior. And it ends with this 20-minute war scene. Which follows all the wars in history. Right up to Vietnam. And all that sort of stuff. And it was wild. It was a Stone Cold Masterpiece. That, that's what Nick Cave said. Uh, why the fuck they didn't do it? Cave also recalled Crow's reaction. Don't like it, mate. You fucking bitch. That would have been <laughs> that, so You know what? Honestly, awesome. that would have... At first, I was like, eh. But then, you know what? Saying it out loud, I was like, you know what? That actually would have been pretty yeah, badass. What the hell? They could they could have had a modern-day masterpiece. And they do the. I mean, I'm glad he wasn't even that great. They like fucked up a bunch on 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 a screen, right? Did they yeah. have like people in the background that were supposed to be there? Is that mm. the one where they have a fucking plane flying through? Uh, maybe. I like that, mate. I'm a. You know what? How about I just go and start singing? I've got some songs I want to sing. It's like no one wants to fucking hear that. Make that goddamn Gladiator sequel. No, I think I'll make Lee Miz. God damn it. Yeah, just imagine that. His son. The, the big twist is his son is Jesus Christ, and he killed them. And then he becomes an eternal warrior who goes around that through wars and That sounds people. so goddamn awesome. You know what? I think we could still make it, right? Can't we just recast him? 
I hope so. Um, Elf 2. So in 2005, Will Ferrell nabbed the number 18 spot on Forbes' top 100 celebrities list after banking $40 million in one year alone. But Farrell made it clear that he wasn't in Hollywood simply for the hefty paychecks when he turned down the $29 million to make ALF 2. $29 million does seem like a lot of money for a guy to wear tights, but it's what the marketplace will bear. He went on to note the decision to say no to sequel or such a massive payday wasn't difficult at all. I remember asking myself, could I withstand the criticism when it's bad and they say he did the sequel for the money? I decided I wouldn't be able to. I didn't want to wander into an area that could erase all the good work I've done. He also said no to um, Old School Dose. But you watch, Farrell noted. I'll do some sequels in the future that's crap. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas 2. I don't know why... Honestly, I don't know why this one didn't come, come through. Because I, this is one that I could see them doing. Um, but I guess this is what Tim Burton said in 2006... You know, Jack visits Thanksgiving World or that kind of things just because I felt the movie was had a purity to it and people like that. Because it's not a mass market kind of thing, it's important to keep the purity of it. Why he to make why didn't they didn't make a sequel to it? I try to respect people and keep the purity of the project as much as possible. This is the same person who made Alice in Wonderland two. Office Space two, still renting. Um so Mike Judge has been a very very vocal about the challenge, which um, working with like studios, especially when he originally created um, the or the original Office Space, um, recalling in two thousand nine um, that was very satisfying to make, but I had to fight for every decision. The studio didn't like the music, they didn't like the cast, and mu- and, or much of anything. So when it didn't do well at the box office, it was kind of like, well, you know, they were right. So to have it become more and more popular and make more and more money over the years has been really vindicating. It must have been particularly vindicating, obviously, since the studio later came back and was like, you want to make a sequel? Which he was like, no! (laughs) No, dude! Um, I think Hollywood sometimes overreacts a lot of times and are like, we got to make a sequel. And I think... The best thing is to take a step back and think, does this need a sequel? Does E.T. need a sequel? Do we need to see him come back and save everyone from gremlins, I guess, is what it would probably be. A E.T. sequel would have been cool if they took it in space. Yeah, that see, like, that makes, right? That's interesting, but the fact that they wanted to come back here, it's like... Okay. I feel like it would. I feel like honestly, they probably still would have made Gremlins, and they probably would have called it like a Gremlins knockoff. They probably would have been like, "Oh, this is what Gremlins was trying to do before that, but like, not as good." I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I think, and it kind of would have tainted ET a little bit because it's like, oh, this like pure story about this lovable alien, and it's like he comes back because I think. In the story, I don't remember. I know that, like, there's, like, evil E.T. or something. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> but then there's things where they they do take some time to think, and they they give us a, a what sounds like a great movie, like uh, Gladiator 2, and they decide not to make it, and it's like, come on. What's, what's in the box? I also think that, I think especially now, more than maybe back in the day, people... 
vilify the idea of sequels and continuations because of how we've been doing it. Mm. But sometimes it's fine. Like we were saying earlier with uh, Indiana Jones, like obviously they're doing it again. Uh, but one. the, what was it? The Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. Watching those back to back, nothing fucking wrong with it. Nope. The only difference is, well, you didn't watch those in your childhood. And it's like, who fucking cares? It actually makes a ton of fucking sense mm-hmm. in this universe of Indiana Jones. And I think it's easy to look at stuff like that and say like, oh, that shouldn't exist. When in all honesty, it feels perfectly fine for what it is. Because I think that they have this idea that it's going to be... um it's going to be the Tooth Fairy 2 straight to DVD. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like these horrible, bad movies that shouldn't be made in the first place. They take up technically the same space as like a, a Bad Boys for Life, right? Where, sure, you could say that there's things wrong with it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But for what the movie is and and the the picture it's trying to paint or the universe that it exists in, it's completely fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. The fact that we were going to get, at one point in time, a 21 Drum Street slash uh, Men in Black crossover sounded ridiculous, but then it's like, well, why not? Yeah, that would have been awesome. And, And that's another one is the Men in Black, the new one. People fucking hated it. I watched it and it's like, it feels like a Men in Black movie. Oh, it's ridiculous and kind of dumb? Yeah. Like, there's nothing there's nothing out of the ordinary where you're like, oh, this is, oh, this is about, it's like, it feels like Men in Black, mm. but different people. Which, it's like, Men in Black in itself, the first one was like, never meant to be, like, it wasn't meant to be anything like, more like, oh, this is a, look at how Oscar not, like, worthy this. It's like, no, it was Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, like, in a movie. Yeah. And it was funny. And then you get the sequel, and it's just as ridiculous. And the third one, which is even more ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like, what 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 do you expect? Yeah, like th- that's what I'm saying. Like, people, I think they, they go out of their way to say, like, these things aren't going to work or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But why not? Like, you, you tell me Gladiator Part 2, and it's like, well, where are you going to go? Think, oh, well, maybe they're going to do, like, an earlier life. Or, or or maybe just, like, a continuation, a different Gladiator. Yeah, or say, like, he never, he, he didn't really die or yeah, something. Yeah, but instead they're like, no, he's going to hell. And yeah, it's no, like, he's, he's dead. Wait, what? <laughs> not yeah, only, he's, oh, he's going to kill Jesus? Yeah, and not only is he killing Jesus, but Jesus is a son. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, and um, Nick Cave's writing this. It's like, why didn't you make it? Yeah. Why didn't you make it? Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. You didn't make it. You're stupid. You should have made it. But I don't know. Like, I do understand I at some point, though, because there are times where I feel like, yeah, sequels and prequels and all this stuff, they can't get out of hand. Sometimes it's it, it's completely understandable. Like, when people talk about uh, like comic books and stuff like that, these comic mm. book movies, that makes sense to me because there's so much there. It's okay if you do a... Uh, uh, Spider-Man, you know, three, four, whatever, because it's like, yeah, well, there's so many stories you could do. Or there. even look at Captain Marvel, technically, is set earlier than most of the um, the Marvel films. It's like, yeah, it fits into place, because this universe is so large, it, it can be placed in these different places. It makes sense that those exist, but 
Do I need a spit on your grave part four? No. Uh, there yeah. is a part four. Oh my uh, fucking god. No. Um and 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 I think that's where you know we get we get our wires crossed a lot. Mm. Where we hear we hear a Bohemian Rhapsody 2. What how do you make a Bohemian Rhapsody 2? <laughs> exactly. And you're like, that's stupid. What the fuck? Whatever, right? But then you do something like a like a Bill and Ted's, you know, excellent adventure, new one, whatever, right? And you hear about it, and it's like, oh, that might be cool. But yeah, I mean, it's like, sh- sure, do we need it? No. But am I going to watch it? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, like, that's where we get confused on, because it automatically takes away from what you already know as this film, as this uh, as this universe, right? When you want to add on already. You take a you take an awesome story like like Elf that plays out perfectly as a one story you know hit, mm. and then you say you want to do a part two, and it's like, I mean, I could see a part two, but do I need a part two? And like, financially speaking, that that actually makes a lot of sense because it's like it did so well, and people like it's like a like, modern day classic. Yeah, it's a it's a classic to a lot of people, so it makes sense, right? You, like that's something you think like. Oh, like why didn't they make that? As we could, like Tim Burton says, like he wanted to keep the purity or whatever of it. And it's like you say that about this one movie, but you don't do it with other movies. But whatever. I think there's a love hate relationship with the way we view sequels and prequels yeah. and continuations and stuff because it can do really well. I mean, people still want another Iron Man movie, even though it's like he's dead, guys. Yeah. But then there's other things, yeah, you're right, where it's like, if you someone was like, oh, we're going to make a, a fourth part to this, it's like, why? I'm I'm good. You don't need to make another one. Like I said, sometimes it adds to a story where you want to see it mm. go, like a, like a happy death day, right? Yeah, I, that's no what I was reason, thinking about. There was no reason to make a part two. No. Uh-uh. But they're like, hey, it did good enough. Let's do it. And then you get a part two. And you're like, this is actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, it and, was surprisingly good. And then you wonder, like, well, if they were going to do a three, what could they do? There's always, like, a give and take. Mm-hmm. And and, I, and I, I do feel like the idea of a sequel and prequel, especially today, mm-hmm. has more weight uh, on it than, you know, 15, 20 years ago, right? Where... The only ones that did it were like, oh, that's kind of whatever, whatever. I mean, look at a lot of films that you talk about were a lot of films from, you know, the 90s and, and, and earlier, right? But now it's like it's almost a given that if something can make money, might as well keep going with it. Yeah. It is interesting to think about, and especially like with us, we like to, you know, be like, oh, what if they did this? Or what if they do this? Or, oh, like, what you know what I mean? But yeah. You know, that's just that's two friends talking about it. It's different when a whole company decides, like, no, yeah, we're gonna. Do or, that. you know what I think sucks is when you speculate on how a possible continuation could be, and then other fans decide to shit on the movie that you just saw, and you're like, I don't know why you hated it. So then the people decide to give you like a half sequel, but a half of a like something else too, just to appease those fans, and then those same fans are like. Well, I just wanted to see a continuation of 
Prometheus. Oh, sorry, I, I let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, it's Prometheus. But whatever, it's it's cool. I mean, sequels are never going to go away, no matter mm-hmm. what. But no. it is kind of interesting to know that you know some of the more iconic films that we know could have had part twos, and who knows, there still could be. But with that, we'll just end it and say thank you guys for listening. Thank you. If you guys would like to support us, please follow us, uh, subscribe, whatever, mm-hmm. on your favorite streaming apps. Mm-hmm. We are on stuff like Spotify and mm-hmm. iTunes or mm-hmm. no Apple. Is it is it Apple Podcast? Apple Podcast with that, whatever. YouTube. We're on a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the, there's there's also a link to our YouTube channel. You could click on that subscribe there and you'll get the episodes as soon as we upload it everywhere else and if you want to follow us on our social that it's intb underscore podcast at twitter and instagram or if you want to email us directly at intb podcast at gmail.com let's let us know is there any sequels or prequels or you know part it whatever <laughs> of movies you want to see or Ones you never want to see. Yeah. What do you think of um, Honey Boy? Do you think Shia LaBeouf is good? Do you think he's too crazy and needs to be put away, locked up because he's too good of an actor? Do you like to be sick? Yeah. (laughs) Or what are some movies that you like to watch when you're sick? That's true, yeah. I mean, I did watch a ton of movies that, even movies that I've seen, uh, like I I rewatched Ocean's 8. Ocean's 8, right? Yeah, but. Yeah, Ocean's 8. Is that good? Yeah. Oh, okay. You see, you see the cast. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Do whatever you want to do. It's a free country. Yeah. You know, it's America. Yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget to go out there and vote. You know, people have their primaries coming up soon. We're also probably going to be getting back into doing some TV shows. Mm-hmm. So if there's a specific TV show. Maybe you want us to review or watch. There's there's a ton that I realize that I never fucking seen. <laughs> or, you know, I barely caught up on what's that one? Um like the end of the fucking world or whatever. Yeah, is that uh, good? Yeah, the, it's it's crazy because I heard shitty things about the second season because it didn't get renewed. Oh. So I just didn't watch it. And then I was like, oh, it's only like six episodes, seven episodes or something like that. I watched it and I was like, this season's way better than the first. I think, but either way, like there's a ton of, there's a ton of TV out there that, you know, we tend to forget or, you know, we just kind of overlook or even we watch, but we just don't get to talk about. So we're going to try to put more of that stuff into there too. So there's any TV that you're interested in, any streaming stuff. I haven't even watched the, um, the hunters one yet. Maybe that's something we could do. Uh, you know, let, let us know if there's any stuff like that out there that you want us to talk about. But until then, guys, as always, remember, it's not that bad. It's not that bad.